podcast is a conduit of hope, safety, and trust. And our purpose and vision for our lives is to be in service to others and to support them in understanding that they matter. Through open dialogue and conversation, through sharing ourselves, our lives, insights, perspectives, and experiences, we will offer solutions for any challenges or adversities you may be faced with. And we want you to know that you can come to us for support, guidance, and inspiration. This podcast is sponsored by Laguna View Detox, a state-of-the-art substance abuse and alcohol detox and residential program. We are not affiliated with any 12-step program. If you or a loved one is suffering from addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you need detox or residential treatment from drugs and alcohol, please contact 888-448-1884 to speak with a specialist. And now, with the Recovery Media Podcast, your hosts, Jim Grant and Louis Iacona. So, welcome to Recovery Media Podcast. It is me, Jim Grant, and I am actually solo today. Louis is on a much-deserved vacation. I am with uh, a dear friend of mine, Edmund Shockey, who goes by Shockey and a few other a few other things. Maybe we'll get to the explanation of that. And uh, he's uh, he's a very special man, and once you get to know him, you'll you'll find that out pretty quickly. And we'll we'll get into the details of what he's up to in life and what uh, life is for him. And before we, before we get into that, I wanted to share about, for me, what, the, what this podcast has done for me. And, um, you know, we started, this, we started this about two months ago, maybe a month and a half ago around there. You know, and as everybody hears in our mission statement, you know, we're committed to making a difference in the world. And, and through our guests and through our, our message to inspire people and to, you know, give hope and... And, um, you know, really, really just put out a positive message in, in, in this world. And, you know, with the different topics that we talk about, it, it, it inspires me and people's willingness to, to share so openly and vulnerable with us really touches my heart. And for me, being part of this is what I learned a long time ago. And, and, and it's connected to the purpose of our vision is to be in service and of service of others. And that's the secret that, you know, in, in giving we receive and it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And it, and it, and it can be in so many different ways and come in different forms. So I, I want to thank, I want to thank all of you who, who listen to us every week. I want to thank you all, you know, for here for the first time. Please let people know about us and and know again that we're here for you, and uh, we're in this, you know, in this all together, whatever whatever this is. So let's get to know uh, Shockey. Um, I'm going to introduce him uh, officially, personally. He's a dear friend and a man of speaking of service in service and of service and very loving and giving in in all ways so we've known each other about 10 years i believe eight years something like that yeah and you know shockey's 55 correct soon to be 56 right. 
Yes. Um, born in Louisville, Kentucky. So that's a different, different uh, lifestyle than New York. <laughs> Maybe we can uh, get into that a little bit. You know, Shock is a chiropractor and uh, owns his own business. He's uh, one of the co-founders or, or founding members of Altru Center, which is which is a transformational personal development program. He'll get into that and definitely let people know what that's about and how how uh, you can find find that and join that uh, incredible community. Uh, Shaki and I took uh, both took these uh, these programs a while back. And uh, in our own ways, we stay involved and and give back and and give the opportunity to pass this on to to as many people as we can because it is literally life altering. So I think that's enough out of me in terms of introducing our amazing guest. So let's hear from him. I have an official question that I'm, that I'll start us off with, but just let's casually get into it in terms of what uh, what your what your purpose is for being here and why you were willing to join us. Oh, okay. Well, first, I just need to make sure that uh, since this is recovery-oriented, uh, it's okay if I have my, my coffee with me here, yes? Yes. Oh, very Absolutely. good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. No yeah, restrictions. No, no excellent. Um, no, I mean, I think that the reason I'm here, Jimmy, is because you asked me. I have the most respect for you and uh, I care for you a great deal. Uh, we've, we've had some very personal moments and sharing and things like this. And, um, and, I, and I love the fact that I have people uh, intersecting in my life in so many ways. You know, I have some people that like yourself with transformation and then recovery and how those two really dovetail and support one another. And then the coaching and uh, some people I have, like, you know, like I think about my, my skiers, right? Which is like chiropractic, altru, rugby, and, and football sports, you know, it's kind of club sports, um, and then spirituality. And there are some people that I really enjoy all, you know, that sort of go, go through all of those. And we overlap in so many ways. It's been an interesting ride so far. I didn't think I would make it. I <laughs> thought I'd be dead at 25, honestly. <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, really, I had a very short, like, I just thought, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to burn out and do as much as I can, you know, very addict like and live as fast and hard as I can. And if I die early, so what? Who gives a shit? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how when we're in that lifestyle that that's, that's the mentality and attitude that we have. And how, um, and of course, how blessed we are that we somehow found found our way out. And you, uh, you have thirty one years clean sober, correct? Yes, by the grace of God, that's right. Today, awesome. Today awesome. is uh, I got today, and then I got thirty one years. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, yeah, that whole thing of like uh, who the person person has most uh, sobriety in the room who woke up early earliest that morning. So, all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to start us off with a question. Let yourself, let yourself go, let yourself open. So if the following statement were true, you are what you think about all day. What's your response? 
I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's hear more about that. What do you mean? Well, let's see here. Um, well, it's interesting because you know, uh, it's a struggle not to think about me. I mean, you know, we get uh, as addicts, we're so self-absorbed, you know, and. Um, but I can say that I've done better, you know, I mean, through my years of recovery, um, it's, it's less so, you know, like if, uh, you know, the premise, what was it? If, um, if the following was true, if, if I am what I think, what I think about all day, um, then because I'm thinking about I'll be, I'll catch myself being self-absorbed and then thank goodness. Now what I could do is rather than stay there so much and take things so personally and, um, but then what I'll do is I'll shift really fast and remember, you know, uh, the things that I've been taught and that is, you know, focus outward, um, you know, trust God, um, you know, look for possibilities you know, forgiveness. So, I mean, these are things that happen on a daily basis for me. I don't know about other people, but, um, you know, like when, as I'm going throughout my day and, you know, if I, I pass a stranger and I smile and he doesn't, I can take that really personally, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, and the truth is that he probably didn't even see me. You know, he's, you know, he's yeah. just look through people. So, um, yeah. that's what I mean. Like, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just think that, you know, uh, if I was to share like just the given thoughts throughout my day going on, it's like, it's usually, how's that, you know, what does that mean about me? How do I look in front of that? You know, there's, there's like, there's fear there. And then that's the first thing you have. And then what I'll do is I'll process that. Sometimes it takes a phone call. Sometimes it just takes a moment of breath. Sometimes it takes a prayer and then I can shift into, you know, another perspective, um, another way of looking at it. And that's, that goes on, you know, all the time throughout my day. And, uh, but you know, like I could say that most days are more pleasurable than, than, than say it used to be. You know, like, especially and when I was in recovery and early on in recovery, it was still a big challenge, you know, but, um, now it's easier to, I guess, let go, you know, and in, in, in letting go, I can then find some spaces and some places to, to look at things in a different way. Um, like now, right now I'm dealing with a sprained knee, you know, and, uh, I still am very active on my rugby team, and I did a, uh, a workout, a plyometric workout about uh, a week ago. And I was popping up from, I was doing all, you know, you had to go from a sit-up to a jumping lunge to a squat to back down to a push-up, and you had to do this cycle. And, uh, well, as you noted uh, uh, very kindly that I am 55, and I jumped up, and my knee goes like this. You know, and it did, thankfully, it didn't go, like, back and forth. It went sideways. And... And, uh, and, but it really, really hurts and it's swollen and I may have done some meniscal damage to my meniscus and I'm going to go to the MRI today. But it was like, you know, uh, like inside my head, I was I'd like, 
I looked at that and I thought, oh, this must mean that I did something wrong. You know, I'm really not supposed to be doing these things. Um, I'll I'll be to blame, you know, and um, and so like I'm walking around now with a little bit of a limp and really resenting <clears throat> the attention that I'm getting, <laughs> which is kind of uh, unusual because I love <laughs> I love attention, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that kind of attention that 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 also uh, pierces our invincibility um, mode in terms of uh, you know you, you're. You're unstoppable because I don't know if anybody realizes or if they played rugby or, or have uh, seen rugby, the fact that that Chucky is 55 years young and still playing <laughs> rugby, no matter what the uh, might be insane, age, yeah. age. Yeah, I played I played rugby when I was 23 and it was uh, it was rough. So uh, I give you all the credit in the world. So all the best, uh, all the best with the knee with yeah. the knee results. So, yeah, so it really catches my attention in terms of what you were talking about. You know, we say it in a joking way in terms of taking things personally, but as we do know, it's not exclusive to to addicts and alcoholics in terms of being insensitive, oversensitive, taking things personally. But speak uh, speak more into in terms of your, your relationship or experiences with self-doubt, fear, and insecurities and and did you have them, you know, when you were a child? Uh, how did they play out in your addiction? And, you know, you talked a little bit about what you're experiencing now, even 31 years sober with taking things personally. But, you know, how do you overcome and, and navigate through it? Right, right. Well, you know, there's uh, certain conversations that, that, that I have carried throughout my life that think that they were really, really loud early on and then they now they become a little bit softer and thankfully countered in in ways with other more forwarding conversations <laughs> which is uh recovery and spirituality but i know that growing up in louisville wasn't easy i have all i have all these i had all these aspirations but then i had all these fears at the same time because uh i found you know, like a, i just couldn't imagine that anybody would want me to be their doctor, you know, because, well, um, I'm from the South, so I'll talk funny. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, in recovery and, and have history with drugs. And, you know, I'm a big homo. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> like, what the hell? Nobody will want me to touch it. And this is a special. So wait, before you, before you go on to, to create clarity for the listener that, that, that's not like a judgment that you're not manly. You, you are, you are a homosexual male and you know, that's, and, and that's even probably separate, separate from what we're talking about now. So let me get out of your way, but I'm really curious in terms of, in terms of the challenges of that and, and, and even how that interacted with and, and played into your addiction. Oh yeah. Well, it was, it was, it was very important because, you know, all of these things I was trying to overcompensate for, you know, I would try to put on a different way of talking. Uh, I would, uh, uh glamorize where I came from, uh, instead of really the, 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 uh, working class suburban environment that I was in. Um, so 
uh, but uh, just sort of um, you know uh, exaggerate things, and then um, and I would uh, you know just pretend like to hide out and hide the, all the uh, the all the, uh, the clearness that I have as far as I would just push it down, and so I learned how to like uh, uh, what do you call it front and just show up in a way that was acceptable, let's say, or to gain favor instead of being real true and honest and authentic and uh it was a struggle and and i just was sure you know how to say well I, i'm i'm sure you wouldn't like me if you really got to know me if you really got to know me you wouldn't like me you know that that's the kind of stuff that i would carry around with me all day and it just ate it just you know it was eating me inside and out and i wanted relief i just wanted relief from all the the craziness in my head in all the conversations, all the disappointments. I mean, I was so crazy that growing up, really, I was so confused that my mom would say something like, um, "You know, you have you have all the talents that you need to do anything you want." And I and what I would hear is, "If I don't do something big, I'm a failure." You know. Hmm. So I would always just it would always be turned around. I would turn things around where it was just so difficult to live in my own skin. And, uh, and I remember when I first took that drink, I was like, oh, oh it just, uh, the noise settled down and then I could, I could experience some peace, even though it was artificial. And, um, I was just so grateful. And I did that. Like, um, I guess I was like maybe in sixth grade, uh, six, uh, 12, 13 years old. And, uh, I was drinking with my buddies. We would steal liquor out of our parents, uh, liquor cabinets and stuff. And, um, you know, now, I mean, from that point on, I was off to the races for about 10 years, uh, then 15 years. And, uh, it just got worse and worse, uh, because, well, just, um, you know, what they say, like the drinking and the drugging, you know, you know, it was, it was fun, you know, then there were some problems and then, and then it got me, you know, so, um, I was able to go for a while, but, uh, it caught up with me early on. Because I went straight to drugs uh, with um, with crank at the time and um, cocaine, and I was, I was an IV drug user, and so I went down real hard, real fast. And I'm grateful for that. So instead of having this long, extended using history, but um, those so are the conversations that would really drive me to be so uncomfortable in my skin. And I just couldn't see things any differently. It really took a spiritual experience for me to turn it around. Yeah, and, and we, we definitely want to get to that spiritual experience and the and the solution um, that led to recovery and then within recovery. Let's go back, though, and get into more detail in terms of, so you, you picked up for the first time at 12, and go into more detail in terms of the progression of, of you explained it a little bit, but the progression and some of the consequences that that occurred over those years. Okay. Um, well, see, the first thing that's come to mind is I remember how cavalier and uh, I was about how one of uh, a high school, he uh, wasn't a close friend, he was more of a teammate kind of thing, you know, like a, an acquaintance, and uh, how he died, you know, like in high school, he was drunk and you know, he died. And I just dismissed that as an imp 
is impossible for me. There's no way that that could happen to me. And I, and I, you know, I drove several times drunk. Uh, and so in high school, it was fun and games. It was drunk. I was trying to fit in, going to keg parties, you know, but I always felt a little bit different for reasons that I've shared with before. So it was a bit of a struggle. There was, you know, at that time, there was like these areas where there was the jocks, there was the, the, uh, the stoners and, and then there were the guys that were going to college and, uh, and basically, I tried to float in all in all of them, and and, and show up, and it was exhausting because I would uh, I would just I would uh, be so full of people pleasing, you know, like I would be whoever you wanted me to be in in whatever circle I was in, and um, and I thought I was clever, but you know, looking back, it was just it was absurd. It was you know, there was very few people that really that I really felt close to, so it just wasn't working. <laughs> Um, so I escaped, uh, high school without a whole bunch of damage other than maybe some my liver. <laughs> um, and then I went to college and, um, that's where, uh, my drugging got picked up. Um, it was went from drinking and then I smoked a lot of weed and then went up and then discovered cocaine. And then, uh, during one of the summers, um, I started to run uh, coke and crank, and um, and you know that was that was insane. I had uh, there was a front. There was a guy that was like a that was my dealer. That basically he ran this uh, used clothes store, uh, and it was called Miss Thang. <laughs> and it was just basically all we would do is run around the neighborhood and pick up trash and then try to resell it. And we thought we were businessmen. <laughs> it was so crazy, so delusional. And uh, but anyway, we would have our we would have our sash and then we would get we would get fucked up and uh, and then people would come around. And I remember this one guy would, he was wanting, uh, he was wanting to purchase it. So he was hitting on the door and we were closed and, uh, got, uh, my, my friend was like saying, no, don't let him in. Don't let him in. I don't want to say the guy's name. Uh, so anyway, my dealer was like, don't let him in. Don't let him in. I was like, okay, no problem. So I just went over to the, the big, big, big glass window and here this guy is like six, four, 250 pounds. And. No, just really gnarly and uh, banging at the door. And then he got pissed off and he started, he, he brought his, you know, his gun out and he started hitting on the door. And I just gave him the bird. I just said, you know, fuck off, we're closed. And then he points the gun <laughs> right at me like this. And I said, do it. Man. You know, I mean, this kinds of stuff uh, was, was crazy. And um, another time was, um, you know, we would do these stupid trips where we would, we would try to make our own crank and uh, and then go over to Philadelphia and try to sell it. Uh, I got arrested. Uh, now explain explain uh, explain just in terms of uh, some people latch on to things in terms of needing to know. So exactly what is crank? Well, I just uh, you know honestly I don't know exactly chemically what it is, but it's kind of like I describe it. it it's an amphetamine, right? And, um, so we would just use it to just stay up all night and, and we would get delusional and, and do these weird incant 
expectations. I remember I got up with a witch one time. We were doing it, and I was uh, messing around with this witch. She was a woman, and uh, and and she was like, uh, "Well, you know, I was really scared of her, but it, but I was attracted to her at the same time because she told me that she could throw people through mirrors." And I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool. What that mean? Well, it was insane because she would steal blood from the Red Cross and do these incantations and then send people, mean, send people to mirrors, meaning that because of this sacrificial ceremony, which I watched one time, which is crazy, um, she could make people leave the, leave the city. And, um, well, he left the city. <laughs> I was like, how does this happen? This is so crazy, you know? I mean, I, I guess just looking back, you know, there's an interesting, you know, situation. I mean, not that I need to go back to all of it, but in some ways I have to say that, you know, I, I'm kind of proud of this full spectrum of experience that I have, you know, and that I can be in service to other people because of it. You know, I've been through some crazy, like many of us have, you know, it, it drives us to some crazy, crazy things. And, uh, so when I hear stories of people uh, come to me and that I feel like uh, hopefully I'm a space of, of openness and acceptance and, uh, ex and, you know, and that people can like go ahead and be themselves because they know that you know, I'm not going to judge them. Because uh, I, 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 I couldn't afford to judge them. <laughs> it would be a problem for myself. Yeah, I, well, I appreciate I appreciate you sharing that. And. So you mentioned, you mentioned service and, you know, that's, uh, for me, and I don't know about you in terms of the first time that I learned about what service is and, and helping others to help myself was, was getting into the program of AA. So I know, uh, that you're in, in the program yourself. So talk about, talk about this, this new life of, of yours that came from all of this pain and misery and self-destruction and, you know, putting your life at risk and then uh, finally getting clean and sober, getting into the rooms of, is it AA or NA? Um, primarily AA, but I, I go to both. I go okay. to... So, yeah, so what we learned there and then, um, and then uh, I want you to get into, you know, into Altru and in terms of, in terms of your, your experience with that and be very, uh, very open in terms of, you know, how people can get in touch with you and, and, and or Altru. And, and, uh, you've also supported me, uh, physically with your, with your beautiful, uh, gifted hands. Uh, so <laughs> how do we, how do we get in touch with that? And the other thing too, is you, you had mentioned a couple of years ago in terms of, uh, your, your stem cell research or something like that. So, Right. Let me know, let us know where, where that's at. But let's start with let's start with uh, you know life of service when that uh, when that started coming into your life. Okay. Well, let's see here. Um, finally, I got the what's so called brush ring at twenty five. I had relapsed about six times between twenty two and twenty five, and when I um, when I when I finally did my first step, that's when I turned it around. And I was able to stay clean and sober. Um, finally getting a sponsor and then doing the third step. And we got, uh, we actually did a formal one and we did third step prayer. And we both got on our knees and said the prayer. 
And, you know, like in, as Catholic, I've been, you know, praying and kneeling and doing all this stuff for, you know, for all my life, elementary school, everything. That wasn't really, a, you know, I don't consider myself a big uh, Catholic, but at any rate, um, this time was different. Like I could, uh, something happened, honestly, viscerally, that I was amazed by that uh, I wasn't putting on, I wasn't faking it. And, and I really felt uh, this this idea washed over me. It was an idea and then just kind of washed over me. But, um, maybe there is maybe there is another way. You know, that's that's the thought that just came to my mind. Like, it's a possibility that maybe I could stay sober. I don't have to have it all figured out and planned and step by step and have my whole day and week and month and year planned out and have goals and five-year shit, you know, all that stuff. And I, maybe there's just a different way of living. Uh, and I got excited. I remember that I was going to these meetings. Really, Lansing was a big, big part of my story. I, I moved throughout all the, you know, throughout uh, after I got sober, moved to Atlanta, and then Atlanta went to Charlotte, Charlotte back to Louisville, Louisville up to Michigan, and in Michigan I was in Lansing, Saginaw, uh, then Lansing, and that recovery was really important for me because it was an all men's meeting. It was more of a group, a recovery group, than a recovery meeting, because the thing here is that we allow for feedback. <laughs> that was really dangerous for me because. I would go in there and I was still so full of ego, even after like, oh my gosh, I guess it was like nine or 10 years. Um, Cause I got sober in, um, let's see here, 1990. And then that was 10 years, yeah, 10 or 11 years I get to Lansing and I'm in this group. And long story short, uh, I've been sharing and I've got my nice haircut, I'm smoking cigars, I'm driving my little BMW, I'm doing really well and trying to impress everybody. And they just looked at me and a couple of them just said, Chucky, we don't like you. And I'm like, but you gotta like me. You got it, this is AA. And they were like, no, we don't We don't have to like you. Cause I was pissed off because I called everybody. I was trying to make friends and they were like, "We. that's why we're not calling you back, Chucky. We don't like you. And I was like, I was devastated. Cause that was the worst thing you could tell me is that you didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but you know, out of the ashes, you know, I I rose. And <laughs> I was completely devastated, and uh, and I remember I said, okay, well, I don't know, but I'm not leaving. I got very defined. I wasn't. I wasn't going to leave the meeting, right? And they because I was sure they were trying to scare me off. And I was like, fuck them. I'm not leaving. And I got me a sponsor, this big big burly Greek guy and he was real hard ass and um, and so then we started doing the steps and I get through the steps that year and then the following year is my anniversary and I'm still at the meeting and I invite everybody over uh, to come to my anniversary party and I was sure that nobody was going to come but every one of them showed up and they said that we love you and I was like wow that made so much you know so it's like peer pressure can be a good thing sometimes, you know, uh, it was great. So, and then this angry guy, right. He, uh, turned me on to course in miracles. And, uh, at the time I was sponsoring like six or seven guys and, um, and really just really deep into it, being in service, giving back, realizing that I'm the only one lending myself, you know, here's these guys, these crusty blue collar, Work, you know, guys that were like 
salt of the earth, such good people, allowing for some, for me, a queer guy, to sponsor them. That was a big thing for me. You know, like I have something to give away, even, you know, maybe because of all the things that I am, you know, and, um, and so it made a big difference for me. That was very pivotal. That, that allowed me to stand up and be a man among men instead of, you know, sort of cowering down and apologizing for myself. And uh, this, so that was happening while I was getting introduced to Course in Miracles, which is going to go full circle. That was like 2002. And now, like 20 years later almost, I'm back to Course in Miracles. So it's interesting. I'll get to that in a second. But uh, George cool. turned me on to that. And then immediately I started to see possibilities. And I was dating this massage therapist who said, hey, you should be a chiropractor. I said, well, you know what? Like, I was, I was hit by a chiropractor. And I liked that. So I shattered a couple of them. And this like amazing things started coming up. But like I see East and West being mixed. It was all natural. I could get paid by insurance. Like, oh, that's, that's great. What are you talking? I mean, it was like a word. I get to be an expert. People get to come to me for advice. You know, it was exciting and humbling and, and a little bit, uh, you know, um, intriguing at all at the same time. Uh, and so I went for it. I went for it, and I started to, and I began to tell people, I'm leaving, I'm going to, and I'm going to quit my job, and I'm going to go to chiropractic school, and this was at age 37, and they were like, what? You're doing so well, because I was a chemist, and then I was in uh, in sales, and I had my own company, I was an independent rep, and I was uh, selling the stuff that I, I used to make in the labs and stuff like this. And it was all legit. It wasn't like, you know, drugs. <laughs> but uh, I was going to say, what happened? I know, right? So but anyway, that's, that happened. And then I get on, and right before I leave, I remember Robbie, uh, one of my uh, sponsors, gives me this book. And I said, well, thank you. And now Robbie is a big, like, holy roller. Uh, Jesus freak. I mean, he was way into all of that. And preach, I mean, he's actually like, he would preach to you. He, and I would be like, okay, Robbie, let's talk about sobriety. Spiritual <laughs> <laughs> program. Not religious. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And he would go to, yeah, anyway, doesn't matter. He gave me this book. And it was Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. Oh, and that yeah. became the book for me. Um, I kind of call it, you know, sort of tug in cheek, like uh, it's uh, a course in miracles for dummies. And so, conversations <laughs> with God, I, I could, you know, like I'm, I'm on, like I bought the motorcycle, I had long hair, I had like everything, I had my, I had my, my uh, saddle bags, and and uh, so I was taking this uh, Jack Kerouac experience. I sold everything. I was beginning again. Go west, young man, reinventing myself. All of this was happening, right? Because I was sober and I was on a spiritual uh, path. And I had the audacity and the courage to do it and um, and to start over. So I'm on my bike and I get to the Mississippi River and I open the book up. And I'm reading it and I can't believe what I'm reading. So... Um, I start to remember I had that feeling back on my third set prayer. That same feeling came over me as I was reading this book. And, you know, and then, so, I mean, the, some of the most boring things you could talk about are your dreams and your spiritual experiences. You know, 
So I'm not going to get into all of that necessarily, but I'll just say that it was phenomenal. It was, it felt it in my body and I, and I dare to presume that maybe this book had truth in it. And once I allowed for that, then my whole life shifted. Like I started, I, I, I was euphoric. I was so grateful. I was engaging with people along the way while I was like on my motorcycle. I was camping out and, and talking and just enjoying life to its fullest. I was on this trip for six weeks. And then I get to Kansas City and all my friends, like they leave. And I decided I want to read the book. I was, I was reading the book for the seventh time now, okay, within wow. like two weeks. I just couldn't get enough of it. And I read it and I went to the attic and I was reading it while everybody else on Saturday night was out and fun dancing. But here I am reading this book about God and, uh, and I'm sitting there. And then I really had a really big experience, which was vibrating. I really just vibrated. And I was like, okay, okay. Uh, I, you know, cause I made a deal with, with, uh, with God. I said, if this is true, give me a sign because like, I really am willing to believe it. And I, and I started to shake and you could, you could say whatever you want. It's like, but this is, this is my experience. This is what I believe. Right. And it wasn't self-induced. It was like, it was like, wow, like something's really happening uh, through me. And, uh, and you know, when I'm thinking about it, I don't really care self induced because it's still that powerful. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and um, so then, then I started to laugh and I was like, okay, okay, spirit. Okay, I believe you. Just calm it down a little bit because I'm, I'm scared. And I started talking like that. And I started to vibrate a little bit less, right? <laughs> And then, um, so that was like, that, that really was telling me that I was on the right path, that uh, things were happening with me, through me, around me, that normally uh, I'm, I'm happy, I'm joyful, I'm grateful, I'm excited. I get to San Francisco, I go through the four years, get my uh, chiropractic degree, um, and I get the honor, the true honor of being valedictorian, you know, at age like 41. Wow at my class and uh, it was so it was so great because then I got to finally make amends to my mom you know my mom shows up at, at my graduation with a little hat and a new dress and she's so so excited and so proud and I have her stand up in the crowd you know and I just wanted to honor her for everything all the things she taught me because the wisest words she always said it's like honey just do your best <laughs> I can still say that, you know, it's like, and that gives me so much permission to just let go, you know, so then I just made some connection and got to New York. There was one of my professors, knew a bro knew his brother had a practice here. And so I set up, uh, I started with him and doing chiropractic. And now, like you said, uh, this has progressed. I started in six and now it's 15 years later. And we've expanded into a lot of medical things. And so I had the good fortune of like facilitating people, facilitating people's health and advancing them so they can, I love working with athletes and, and, and athletic and sports minded people uh, so they can really just achieve what they want, you know, because um, that's all I want for myself. And um, that's, that's been great because we've expanded from chiropractic and physical therapy 
and acupuncture, and now we're into stem cells and regenerative medicine. And I mean, you talk about God in your life. I feel like these, this, this is like the primordial ooze that we come out of that we talk about. You put this up in you and like it recreates the cartilage or the, the labrum or the muscle uh, chemical signaling that the body has. I mean, it's like, it's All right. amazing fun. You got my, you got my attention because, uh, because, uh, <laughs> I need some, I need some, uh, some lubrication. Um, <laughs> I have, uh, I, 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 I can barely play golf without, without pain and getting through, uh, getting through 18 holes. So, uh, I wish, uh, I wish I could, uh, yeah. So let's talk. So anyway, leading into that on a serious note, so where are you located and, and how can, uh, how can somebody find you? Oh, okay. Um, it's Elevated Health NYC, elevatedhealthnyc.com, and we're in Midtown, 55th and Madison. Yeah. So talk, yeah, talk real quick about what, what, what uh, you got from, from your experience of going through the trainings, what you learned, you know, the lessons, and, and then uh, in terms of, what the experience is of being directly involved of, of having your own center and, and, and making it available for people. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what, what happened was uh, that once I got to New York and then, um, started, you know, started working here, uh, you know, God works in mysterious ways. And so I meet this guy who has done, who did, uh, some of the transformational work and he, uh, suggested that I might consider it. And, um, and I was like, I had no idea where this is going. And I took it as an insult. Like, really? How I was offended that, <laughs> that somebody thought that there might be room for improvement. I like, do you know who? Right, right. You know, and I was Don't like, you know who I am? Like, I came from nothing. And I was like, oh, good. you know, so anyway. Um, I, thought, I thought you handled that ego, Shaki. I don't know. It's, it's still alive and strong, even that morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, I'll tell you the thing here real quick is that the thing that got me uh, to consider it was curiosity. Really, that was about it. It was like, because uh, I was so full of denial and, uh, you know, uh, self-importance that, um, and it was all about me. And it was like, and I was wondering, like, what's going on? Why can't I make these big changes in my life? What's going on? I feel like I'm stuck, right? After, I guess it was at that time, 15 or 16 years of sobriety, uh, yeah, 16 years, I felt stuck. And, uh, and I was like, why, why can I move forward? And, uh, and well, anyway, I get to this, I think I'm curious. And I remember when I was in the class, this was when uh, they were out in uh, Farmdale, as you know, uh, so I went there to to a center right. out there, and uh, and I sat there and I and I remember saying, okay, listen, this guy that's talking to me here, I'm going to put all of my doubts and all of my prejudices on a shelf in a god box. You know how we talk about like that in recovery. I'm putting a god box, and when I I'll take it down after the class. So I kind of used that technique and it was one of the most powerful experiences. You know, I, I, I don't know, borderline bored you with like 
uh, visceral experiences of spirituality. Well, again, it comes up, you know, when they discuss this, and I'm like, ah, here it is again. And uh, so I'm like, I'm on the right path. I'm trusting my body. And uh, well, and the trainer did something really good. He's so clever. He appealed to my ego, which is like, you know, that's the way to get to me. And he was just like, hey, I would really love for you to be one of the coaches. You know, next time supporting me with all this stuff because you know he would have his, he would have like five or six guys, uh, women and men in the back, you know, in service, uh, you know, volunteering to help the class. And I would look at them. I'd be, I want to be one of them. And so he said, I want you to do it. And I said, Okay, I'm going to do it. And uh, so anyway, I just progressed through all of that. Uh, it gives me. I sort of tell people like how I had it in uh, was that it was like I went from a stool to a chair. Because the stool was recovery, art of living, which was for meditation, and conversations with God. And that was my stool. And I was standing on that three-legged stool. And and I was like, I, I would stand up. And with that, I still felt stuck, like after 16 years. But I was doing meditation. I was doing these things. But I felt limited somehow. And um, then what happened was I got transformation right it was the third was the fourth leg and then i was able to stand on the chair and you know extend the metaphor it was a little bit higher uh, it was more stable it was broader and i felt like i could do more things and i was able to bust through a lot of the limitations namely of, uh, of just trusting that i'm a good man like there was this deep down inside that I was so, so selfish that even when I would do good deeds, it never was enough, you know? Mm -hmm. And so this is like touching on self-worth. And, uh, and there was a, there was a, a process. Uh, I don't want to give away all the surprises in, in, the, in these types of uh, work, but, uh, so, but there was a process where I experienced myself. There was a, uh, in, in like an unconditional giving energy. There was a woman uh, who was on, who had a cane, and one of the things is we had to get creative to figure out how to go from one from point A to point B, and and I remember my my first impulse was to support her, right, and to create something, <clears throat> to create something with her, you know, and um, it it really like it sounds so simple, but when when uh when i experienced myself as the first thing was you know was the first thing was to go into the fire and to and to help get somebody out rather than to run away and uh and, and take care of myself like when i experienced myself like that that was a big life changer for me and then and to be witnessed afterwards but not really seeking to get witnessed and they were like chalky like you're up to some big stuff. You're really taking your life on. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I really am. Finally, finally I am. Like, And I can believe that I am a good person. I'm really good. You know, instead of trying to work so hard to compensate and to dance and tap dance and dazzle people. It's like, no, I can just be. I can just be, you know? Yeah. Even like that transcending, transcending your ego to be, right. uh, to be more effective in terms of serving others. So 
Yeah. So I know we're running out of time. So after that, Jimmy, you know, like um, uh, uh, you know that that center uh, faded away, much because the owner had some problems uh, with her health and um, couldn't sustain it. So then. Um, basically what happened was, uh, I gathered some of the graduates, long story short, after two years of planning, we all get together and we decide to become a nonprofit, uh, organization, uh, like a school and provide these same classes. And, uh, we've been doing that since 2018 and we're, and we're called Altru Center uh, from altruistic, you know, Altru Center. And you can look us up, altruecenter.org. And we're on Facebook too. We just launched a of a group called Al True Life. So if you look for Al True Life on Facebook or you go to altruesecret.org, you can read it all about us and um, and see if it speaks to you and maybe, uh, you know, have that as another resource for yourself. Uh, much like, like me, it's, it's been life-changing. Well, you know, I went from a stool to a chair. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I love that. I love that, uh, that analogy or that's called an analogy. I, for me, yeah, I found I found the trainings 14 years into my sobriety, and I didn't I didn't put it together like you did, but that there was like I used the phrase like I was doing okay, I was working the program of AA, you know, I was doing some good things in my life, but there was there was like still something missing, and and that makes a lot of, uh, just a, a lot of sense, or even just to put it that way in terms of what was missing was that leg of transformation and everything that comes along with that. So well said, my friend. So lasting words of wisdom from, from Edmund Shockey in terms of, in terms of all the different experiences that you, you've occurred in life, whether, whether day to day, whether, connected to your addiction, whether traumatic or, or things that have affected you, what, what lessons have you learned or, or what main one main lesson that you've learned that you want to pass on in terms of a solution or something to hang on to for the listeners? Well, I would just say like, uh, it's this idea has been reinforced, especially recently, like about, well, when the pandemics hit, and it was the darkest days, like in, um, I think March when everything shut down and, uh, and I was in my apartment and stuck and, and I just felt like it was apocalyptic and there was, there was just no hope. There was nothing that I wasn't working. There wasn't money coming in. Uh, I, I felt like I was going to have to just fold and give everything up. And, um, and I think that. You know, what came to mind was hang on, just hang on. It's like uh, maybe in, in recovery terms, like don't leave before the miracle. Don't give up before the miracle. You know, mm -hmm. it's like that's sometimes that's all we got. And and it's enough, you know, because uh, if I stuck a dagger in my heart, well, game over, you know, <laughs> you know, but just hang on, just hang on and trust and and look for possibilities and uh, you know so uh, when that when that happens uh, just hanging on looking out seeing things knowing that I'm not alone you know and that I can I can uh, stay connected and it's that what gets me through you know like in that pandemic uh, 
I was, you know, as if it's over, it's still going on, but it was like, you know, right. very new and everything. I just couldn't, I didn't know what was going on. I had no idea, but that's, uh, you know, just hanging on, I was able to, in my career, to, again, reinvent myself, uh, focus on different ways of servicing people, uh, rather than the more traditional way of chiropractic. There's other things that we, we could do and offer IVs, uh, you know, for, uh, for immune boosting and, and uh, again, like you said, stem cells for people who come in and be willing to get a shot in the knee to go back some cartilage rather than <clears throat> having continuous care coming to Midtown. So that's just an example of like just hanging on, have some hope, looking out, stay connected, play in possibilities rather than be so right about how awful everything is. <laughs> you know? And that's just a lazy oh, yeah. way of just giving ourselves excuses not to take risk. And so that's, that would be something that I would offer that gets come to me that I would just pass along. Awesome. And thank you for that. And, and for me, a lot, a, lot, a lot has come up, you know, we have, we have some similarities in terms of just our, our, our thought process and some of our, uh, we didn't use the phrase limiting, limiting beliefs, but you know, those insecurities and those taking things personally and doubting our, our worth, doubting that we make a difference, doubting that we're, we're, we're good men. And, and it's so, it's so powerful to really, and even like you say, even like, even though it's not exactly hanging on within our addiction to, until we got sober, but it's, it's that, that moment that, you know, that moment of clarity, that moment of, of making a choice. Am I going to keep going down this path of, of self-destruction and alcohol and drugs? Or when I have that moment of, of having the chance of getting, getting sober, or at least considering putting the brakes on to even consider the possibility of, of not using it anymore and taking that. And then not giving up within 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 that recovery and t- until we you know relieve our obsession and, and let go of the, com- the the compulsion and let go of our old behaviors connected to it and and continue on that path that new path that is all about you know experience strength and hope mm-hmm. and, and 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 then there's and then from that like we we've learned in the trainings in terms of you know the unlimited possibilities and for us, there weren't too many positive possibilities, you know, when we were drinking and drugging and, and wreaking havoc. Once, you know, for, for, again, for us, the distinction is is becoming sober men. That from that moment, then then we can then we can actually live fully, live to our utmost potential. You know, like my mother said the same thing to me in terms of. You know, you, you're, uh, what, what was, what was her words she said to you? Exactly. Oh, uh, you could be anything you want to be. And I thought, well, I got to yeah, do something yeah. really big. It's going to be a big failure. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah. And, and, and again, even just you bring it up, you bring it up about, about your, you know, your ego and the same, you know, the same thing, you know, the same thing with me, you know, my, my mind is I'm in my head about, you know, I'm either. I'm either less than you or I'm better than you. And, and then the battle that begins once I go there in terms of uh, all the different things that, that trigger and ignite that 
and then the solution of the solution of being in service and everything that that comes from you know comes from that and and thankfully for our own well-being we we've learned that and and still sometimes for me i'm challenged to and you 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 referenced it a little bit in terms of sometimes we go back and it's all about us and we forget or just that that pull is is too strong in terms of making it about us and that's the beauty of you know of being connected to to something that is about service like you for altru and you what you've created you know within your within your your business and and for me with this podcast and me you know me being still involved in in aa and me being involved you know still involved in the trainings and being involved in altru so you know so i feel very very blessed and uh and whatever it is for anybody you know you don't have to be you don't have to be recovering alcohol and drugs and it's you know it's it's in the bible you know being in service to others is nothing more powerful because of uh what it creates in the world for for whoever's on the receiving end and and for us in terms of giving so my friend thank you once again it's been an honor and a pleasure and uh look forward to seeing you in person we'll have coffee that's allowed I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then uh, professionally, uh, maybe I'll be making an appointment with you soon. <laughs> Great. I'd love to. Thank you. All right, buddy. I love you. Love you, love you too. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye bye. You can find us on social media at The Recovery Media Podcast. And of course, download, rate, review, and subscribe wherever great podcasts are found.